amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, I'm going to go through some of your updated FPL drafts. I put out a tweet a couple of days ago asking for you to send me in screenshots of how your team was currently looking, and we got nearly a thousand replies. Now, with the help of Sertal, who runs the FPL Optimized podcast, all links to follow him in the description below, we're able to collect data from 650 of those teams to get an idea of ownership levels from engaged FPL managers. So we're going to look through that data then i'm going to go through a few of the teams individually as well and give them a rating from the my team tool on fantasy football hub if you want to get your own rating for free there is a link at the top of the description make sure to check that out so these are the top 10 most owned players from the 650 teams that were analyzed and i know that's a much smaller sample size than obviously on the fpl site where there's over three and a half million managers signed up but it's always interesting to see what engaged managers are doing especially when ownership levels are quite different so the 10th most owned player from the teams we looked at is Chilwell at 50.5%, but on the FPL site, he's only owned by 9.2%. So it feels like a bit of a differential there, less so from the engaged managers that are still going to be playing by the time we get to game week 38. And I do think he's looking like a good pick. He's proven his fitness during uh, preseason, getting plenty of minutes, very attacking as well. And I've pretty much come around to the idea now that you can just play him in game week one. Don't worry about the fact they're playing Liverpool at home. And after that, the fixtures look really good. I know people are pre-booking transfers for him. No issue with that whatsoever. But I don't think that's something I'm going to do. He could easily get an attack and return in that first game. And like I said, after that, fixtures look pretty good. As long as you're willing to back Chelsea and hope that they'll improve from last season. The most owned players you might have expected is Haaland, 98.3%. There really is very little left to be said about him. I guess for anyone that wants to go against him or even for captaincy... It's going to be one of those situations where you've got to watch behind the sofa. I think game week two, Salah at home to Bournemouth is definitely a better captain than Haaland. 
But whether or not it's worth the stress of backing against that ownership, I don't know. I did think it was going to come back at 100%. It's obviously a handful of people looking to go without him. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be not a fun season if you try and play without Erling Haaland. Obviously, if he gets injured, then it's a different conversation. But right now, things are looking pretty good for him. Saka, second highest owned player, 89.8%. They did mess up the pricing with him. I think I said that right at the start when FPL launched. He should have been 9, maybe even 9.5 million. There's probably even an argument that he should be 10. He's absolutely nailed on. His minutes are the best of any of those Arsenal attackers. They don't really have any players where their natural position is to play right wing. Like Jesus could play there. Trossard could play there. I'm sure Havertz could go and play over there as well. But none of them are like Saka. Arteta absolutely trusts him. So his minutes are great. And as far as we know, he's still on penalties. If they get a penalty when he's on the pitch and someone else takes them, then maybe we question him a little bit more. But even without penalties at 8.5, he would probably be in my team. Uh, Chipinian, someone you would have seen a lot, 85.1%. Ariola, 83.2%. Everyone's hoping he becomes first choice at West Ham. Hopefully, David Moyes gives us some indication before preseason. Gabriel, 71.9%, so the top Arsenal defender. Uh, he is my favourite. I've said that right from the beginning. I just think goal threat and minutes combined, plus his price versus Ben White, makes him a bit of a no-brainer. Interestingly, Bruno Fernandes is at 60%. Rashford's at 58.8 so they are quite close Fernandez just ahead I do think a lot of that is probably the 0.5 million saving personally if you take cash out of the equation and obviously how much players cost always matters there's always something you can do with the money if we just take that out of the equation for a second I do think Rashford his open play goal threat is so much higher he is the one that I would go for he's absolutely nailed on and even if Hoyland comes in and he's playing regularly in that number nine position Rashford will play on the left I guess with Hoyland there there is more of a chance of Rashford coming off a little bit earlier because if they keep him on they could play Sancho or Ganacho on the left instead but Rashford still looks pretty gay, uh, great I think for what it's worth I quite like the double up and I know people keep saying well Man United don't score a huge amount of goals and I get that even with Hoyland even with Mount and Onana Man City and Arsenal are still going to go and score more goals, but it doesn't matter. We only care about individual players. Rashford scored more goals than all the Arsenal midfielders last year in the league. And Bruno Fernandes is definitely the player that could do better in terms of overall output than he did last season, especially with assists. He underperformed quite uh, a lot. Sorry, over. Sorry, yeah, underperformed quite a lot. And obviously now there is a new number nine coming in. Interestingly, Stones is the third highest own defender just ahead of Chilwell 53.7% so Estepinian, Gabriel and Stones very popular and then Onan is the only goalkeeper to feature here as well in ninth place at 52.6% so I'm just going to go through the rest of the top 20 and one thing to note straight away Mo Salah does not make it into the top 20 most owned players from the teams that we looked at Darwin Nunez actually comes in slightly higher at 26% and that puts him in 19th place now I will say most of the teams that were sent to me and were looked at came in after Darwin scored a couple of goals during a preseason friendly. Since then, Liverpool have played Bayern and he wasn't in the first 11. He was on the bench. And I suspect if we asked all these FPL managers again what their teams look like, Darwin Nunez is probably now out of them. It doesn't mean that he won't start against Chelsea, but obviously there's risks there. And with that front three, you've got Salah on the right, Darwin and Gakpo as the number nine, and then Luis Diaz and Jota on the left wing. They are the positions that they're kind of competing for. And even if Darwin doesn't start against Chelsea, he could start against Bournemouth. But is that enough? I just think there's so many other options out there for both 
forwards and midfielders for a similar price, even less, where you can get more nailed on players. It's just not worth the hassle for me. If Gakpo was to get injured, then obviously Jota can play through the middle, but most of the time he seems to be competing for that left wing spot. Maybe then we talk about Darwin again, but for now, he's just not an option for me. And I suspect that ownership will come down before game week one. One of the most interesting names on this list is Phil Foden. 42% owned. So FPL Twitter absolutely loved the guy. And I get it. Seven and a half million. We've seen before when he gets minutes, he always gets returns. Man City have got great fixtures. We know they're going to score a bunch of goals. And if they do, he's going to be heavily involved. It's just that minutes thing. And for me, again, it's whether or not it's worth that risk versus lots of other solid options we can get either a similar price or just slightly more or even slightly less in some cases so i'm still not completely convinced by him but what what i will say is the most important pre-season friendly is usually the one before game week one because that's when you get a good idea of who's going to be in the first 11 obviously there are still some teams like liverpool where certain positions there's always going to be a fight for places but man city had the community shield and if phil foden lines up in that team i'll be a bit more confident about him for game week one and i understand the upside that's there right maris is gone so bernardo silva could play on the right then de bruyne obviously is number eight position gundogan's gone so foden could line up next to him but they've also got kovacic right because rodri's going to play as the six as normal uh, and they've also got alvarez as well so that's kind of where my worry comes in i just keep looking at all the midfield options and look, i'm i'm quite a boring manager i like the safe solid picks that i know are going to get minutes i just wonder whether foden's that good that i personally need that headache but for what it's worth if you're looking at him he's very popular over on fpl twitter 41.2 percent for gabriel jesus that may well drop now uh, on the day of recording this video it's been reported that Gabriel Jesus has got a knee injury and he's going to be assessed. So if he's not available for game week one, that does mix things up a little bit. I think you've got ready-made replacements up front in Watkins and Nkunku that you could go to instead. Maybe even Darwin Nunez for 0.5 million less. I think for most people, it'll be a case of going for an Arsenal midfielder alongside Saka, like Martinelli or Odegaard. And then just getting a cheaper striker in or depending, maybe you've got money in the bank, you go a bit more expensive. That's what I'm thinking about doing. It does bring into play other players. Like, is it going to be Nketiah? Is it going to be Trossard? Is it going to be Havertz that plays the number nine if Jesus is out? But that's something we'll have to wait and see from the kind of, you know, future friendlies. And also we have to wait and see how long Jesus might be out for. Other popular picks, 38% from Bomo, 36.2 from Matoma, 34.3 from Nkunku. Uh, some of the most popular 4 million defenders, you've got Bulldog at 33.5%, Gabori at 31.4%. I think Gabori is my favourite because those two players are both playing as wingbacks, but I don't think Gabori has any competition. I do think Bulldog's going to start the season... There is a lot of talk that maybe at some point he could be kind of replaced with uh, Bogle, I think it is. And for 4 million, I just don't know if I would want that headache. So I would probably lean towards Kabore. Uh, another Arsenal attacker in there, 29.2% for Martinelli. Interesting to see that Odegaard is much lower than him. We'll take a look at that in a second. And the most popular 4.5 million forward is Mubama at West Ham. Now, the hope people have there is that... Skamaka gets sold to Syria A. Antonio possibly leaves as well. And that leaves West Ham with Ings and Mubama. And he's done well during preseason, so he might get more minutes. But a couple of things. One, if Antonio and Skamaka do go, West Ham might just buy another striker. And I, I suspect they probably would. And even if Mubama is kind of second choice, you'd assume that Ings will, uh, will play the majority. So it might just be one of those situations where Mubama does get points 
They're really just one-point cameos most of the time. And just quickly, I wanted to go through some notable ownership of other players. These aren't the next 10 highest-owned players, but I just think they're interesting to talk about. So Salah did only just miss out on the top 20, 24.5% ownership. I think it's just a value thing. Most people are not looking to captain him. You can spread that money around instead. And if you're willing to commit, you can make a pretty decent team. If you're someone that is going to panic as soon as he scores against Chelsea, because he then has Bournemouth at home, I would recommend starting with him instead Shaw's ownership only 19.3% versus that really high ownership we saw for Onana that definitely would have swung once Man United bought uh, obviously their new goalkeeper in Trent Alexander-Arnold lower owned than Salah at 18.9% Nicholas Jackson 16% he's had a lot of kind of increase in ownership because he's done so well during pre-season I still like him as an option but for 0.5 million more, you can get in Kunku. And I just think minutes-wise, better, probably on penalties as well. And also, there's talk that I think Chelsea are trying to get Lukaku to go to Juventus. And in return, they're taking Vlahovic off Juventus. So we'll see what happens there. But obviously, if he does come in, or they look for another striker, that's just more competition in that position. Whereas I think Nkunku could play up front. He can play as a number 10. He could play wide if he needed to. I just think for most of the kind of games that Chelsea have, especially because they haven't got Europe, he's going to be in the team. So I would just spend the 0.5 million more. Uh, most popular 4.5 million goalkeepers, you got Flecken at 9.5%, Steele at 8.5%. So no Johnston there or anyone like that. Most people obviously going for Anana, but if you want a 4.5, they are two of the ones you could look at. Odegaard, just over 20% owned on the FPL site but only 5.5% owned from all these FPL teams that we looked at. My prediction is, if Jesus is out for the start of the season, that Odegaard ownership will go up, because there is a chance that Trossard or Havertz or whoever plays at the number nine, but there's going to be that kind of worry about whether or not he's going to get rotated. And if at any point Trossard lines up on the left, that might put people off a little bit on Martinelli as well. So I don't think Odegaard's ownership is going to climb massively, but I do think it will go up. And he right now, if Jesus is out, is the Arsenal attacker I'm looking at. And again, I know that's very boring, but when it comes to minutes, he's great. And his output last year was pretty decent as well. 5.5% for Watkins. If Jesus is out, that will probably go up. Grealish, only 2.6%. If we're looking at minutes for Man City midfielders, surely he's better than Foden. His uh, underlying number's not quite as good. But when you counteract that with almost guaranteed minutes, given what we saw last year, is there an argument to be made that Grealish is the slightly better pick? Either way, a difference in any 40% ownership is pretty massive. And then Harry Kane... We've talked about Salah a bit. We've barely talked about Kane all during preseason. He may well go to buy, and that looks more and more likely to happen. Only 2.3% ownership. So let's take a look at some of your drafts. The first one is a 3-4-3. So you've got Johnson in goal, a back three of Gabriel, Estrepignan, and Luke Shaw. The midfield is Saka, Fernandez, Foden, and Martinelli. And then up front, interestingly, there's Alvarez, Darwin Nunez, and Haaland with the bench being Ariola, Chilwell, Anderson, and Bayer. Now, one thing I don't think I mentioned earlier was although Chilwell was in 50% of the squads that we looked at, he was only being played by about 20% in game week one. Now, as I've already mentioned, if you had to play him against Liverpool at home, it's really not the end of the world. I don't think there's a likelihood or a high likelihood of a clean sheet, but given how good he is going forward, it wouldn't really worry me whatsoever. But if you are willing to commit the no Trent and no Salah with no easy path to get back to them, there is a lot of money to go around. So if you've got the money to spend on your bench, 
and you don't have to play Chilwell because you're playing Shaw, SGP, Nan, and Gabriel with great fixtures. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I know if you're an FPL manager that's played for many years, you hate having that much money on the bench. With the way pricing is, and for everyone going without Salah and Trent, it's definitely viable this year. So I don't mind the Chilwell benching whatsoever. With Anderson, he's a 4.5 million midfielder for Newcastle. The reason that you're seeing him pop up in more teams now is because, one, he's done great during preseason in terms of goals and assists. But Eddie Howe also talked him up quite a bit. I think it was something along the lines of when the players came back for preseason, he was the fittest by far. So there is a chance he gets a few games at the start of the season. But personally, I'm still not completely convinced that's a long-term thing. He's a very talented youngster. Lots of kind of hope for him to go on and do really well. But he plays in midfield. And Newcastle have a lot of options there. Bruno Gamerish, Tonali, Joe Linton, Willock, Longstaff, just to name a few. Plus Anderson. So even if he plays the first couple, I don't know if that's worth it for the longer term. But, for, but all that being said, there aren't a huge amount of attacking 4.5 million options. So perhaps it's just worth the risk. Other players just to quickly talk about, and we'll come on to the front line in a minute, is Johnston in goal. So 4.5 million keepers. I've mentioned for a while now, my favourites are probably Johnston, Flecken and Steele. I know there's some love for Pickford as well. And to be fair, Everton do have really good fixtures. I just don't rate that defence that highly. I think Johnston... Comes, I think the reason we see Johnson in teams is because people don't want to double up on Brighton defence. Maybe we should have a conversation about whether or not you should do that. I think Brighton's fixtures are pretty good. There's no reason you couldn't if you didn't want to. But I guess there's always that worry that De Zerbi might spot goalkeepers again. And Flecken hasn't covered himself in uh, glory during preseason. Personally, I don't think that's a huge issue, right? He's a good goalkeeper. Brentford are a good team. He'd still probably be my preferred option, but there's no issue. If you've got concerns about all those goalkeepers for whatever reason, Johnston probably is the next best. So I do quite like him as a pick. And then just quickly on the front two, or the front three, but obviously we don't need to talk about Haaland, Alvarez and Darwin, obviously you've got Foden thrown in there as well. My thinking with Man City, it's very unlikely that Foden and Alvarez are options if De Bruyne is fit. And I do think we're going to see him in the Community Shield because you've got... Probably Bernardo Silva on the right, then De Bruyne, a space for another number eight. That could be Alvarez or Foden, but not both, and then Grealish on the left. So unless in the Community Shield we see Foden on the right and Bernardo Silva just not in a team, or Foden on the left, I don't really see right now, and to be fair, we've still got how many days? Like eight or nine days uh, from the time of recording until FPL starts. I just don't see how those two are both going to be options. The problem is, there's a few ways to look at that. Well, you just drop one and hope the other one is the correct one. But what if you're wrong? Then you've dropped a player that could be really good value and you've got one that you now have to get rid of. You could keep both, see what happens, and then drop the one that's not getting enough minutes. Or you get rid of both completely. Now, they are those three players, Foden, Alvarez, and Darwin, are all great if they get minutes. But I cannot sit here and predict what that's going to be. I think Foden's probably the most likely out of the three, but there's no way I could guarantee that. The other thing that would worry me about Alvarez in particular, where do you go, unless you've got a bit of money in the bank, where do you go for a replacement without using two transfers to go into midfield? Because for 6.5 or below for forwards, there is a lack of options. Like uh, you've got Ferguson, hasn't played a lot during preseason. Calvert-Lewin definitely hasn't played a lot. Wisser at Brentford, maybe. The likes of Solanke at 6.5, they're just not that exciting. And I know it's, I know sometimes it's very easy for me to just sit here and just tell you to go towards a draft that I would prefer. But I obviously have my opinions. 
And I just think unless you can guarantee the minutes from Alvarez, someone like Eze or Matoma or Mbomo just offers you that bit of extra security and minutes and penalties and not necessarily better fixtures, but you just go to that 3-5-2 and, okay, you lose Anderson, but he's not a guarantee of minutes long-term anyway. So putting in a 4.5 million forward when you've got Chilwell and Bayer on the bench anyway is not a huge issue. So overall, look, lots of players we talked about before, very solid team, but I would just be worried about having what I would consider three potential issues in Foden, Alvarez, and Darwin, and you could be using transfers super Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com around and the later on some of them so next up you've got a 442 differential draft that incorporates mo salah in midfield so you've got leno in goal a back four of gabriel stones pedro porro and chilwell the midfield is saka foden salah and mudrick and then up front you've got wissa and harland with the bench being Ariola, diaby 6.5 million midfielder for aston villa first bench then Huang, 4.5 million forward, and Kabori being the four million pound defender of choice. Now, the first thing I thought when I saw this draft is Diaby is too expensive to have first sub. And I know that makes me a bit of a hypocrite because I already said I quite like Chilwell first sub, but there's a million difference there. That being said, when I thought about it a little bit more, I'm not sure what you would do with the money anyway. Like, unless you went to a 4.5 or a 5 million midfielder, there's not a huge amount you can do. And if you did that, you'd have a really weak bench. So even if you did Diaby to like Dan Juma or Andreas Pereira, who are 5.5 million, well, that gives you a million to spend. But that's Wissa to like a Nicholas Jackson. Well, what if Chelsea sign a new forward? Then there's maybe a minutes issue there. You could do Mudrick up to a 7.5 million midfielder, like Madison possibly or Greenish, but you've already got Foden, so he's not, an, he's not another option. So maybe with this kind of setup, it's worth having Diaby there because if anything happens to your first 11, you've got him off the bench. Villa obviously have, I think it's like two or three good fixtures in the opening six as well. I think the way he's played during preseason and how good his underlying numbers are from previous leagues, etc. He's not a player I would necessarily want to bench anyway. But even if you played him, you're putting someone like Poro, Wissa or Mudrick on the bench. So you're always going to have that good option there. But I don't think it's a huge issue. Ultimately, is this a stronger squad than the one we saw before i would say probably not but obviously you've got to make sacrifices to get mo salah 
If you do have Salah, I think you've got to commit to captaining him in game week two. If you're not going to do that, if you're if you're really not willing to go against Haaland, I know the ownership is crazy, but if you're not willing to do it for Bournemouth at home, then again, I would question why you have Salah in the first place. And then it all comes back to what could you do if you drop him? And I know sometimes the comments will say, well, you're just making squads into the other ones. I get that. But it's just a talking point that's interesting and, and something people should consider. So if you've got Salah and Mudrick, for example, as part of your midfield four, well, you could have Rashford and Fernandez, or Fernandez and Odegaard, or Rashford and Martinelli, whichever combination it is. But not only could you have those two instead, you'd also have a bit more money to spend. Then you're starting to upgrade players like Wisser, right? So I I am the more we the closer we get to game week one the more I'm kind of telling myself Salah's probably not going to be in my squad because of the value perspective. I think when you take captaincy out of the equation, if you're just going to go for Haaland every week, then is Salah and Mudrick going to score more points than any of those other two midfielders I mentioned? I would say probably not. So if you're going for a Salah draft, I don't think this is far off kind of the best you can do. I'm just... I, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to sit here and say that Mo Salah is not a good option because you know I love the guy. Look at everything I went through last season. The amount of comments at certain points telling me not that I was an idiot, but that I was wrong to have Salah. It got to the point where it's absolutely crazy, and yet here I am sat saying I'm not sure you can have him. Like Whistler up front, he's okay, but what if something happens to him and you need to move him on? Six million or below for forwards. Hardly any options whatsoever. Morris at Luton, maybe not enough to get excited about. Possibly João Pedro, if he gets enough minutes at 5.5, could be great. But you could find yourself a little bit stuck. Elsewhere, I'm not convinced Mudrick or Diaby are the best 6.5s. I think it's probably Matoma, Eze and Mbomo. What I will say is Diaby has got the potential to kind of match them. But they have Europe. He's not going to have penalties or anything like that. And Mudrick, I'm just not completely convinced about. Like, anytime you ask people... The best Mudrick has done so far is probably the game against Liverpool, which I think was his first game, and he came on for like five or ten minutes. I'm not sure we've seen much since then. Obviously, new Chelsea now, Pochettino, a few new signings. Maybe he'll have that, you know, boost in confidence, whatever it is, and get enough minutes. But I think if I was going to drop one of those two, it'd probably actually be Mudrick before the RB. And just quickly on some of the defenders. I just don't see why anyone would start with Leno in goal. Even if you're not convinced by Johnston, Flecken, and Steele. I'd actually rather go for Pickford because Fulham and Everton defences aren't great, but Pickford has better fixtures than Leno does. So I just don't think he's a good option whatsoever. And Pedro Porro interests me. I think for 5 million, he's one of the better options. As long as he's nailed on, and we might see that from the final preseason game of him and you doggy uh, line up again, I would say they're probably first choice. He could be really attacking down that right side. Few question marks over how good Spurs will be defensively, though. That's what I would say. Their best fixtures in the opening seven are game weeks three to five, and two of them are away games. So is Pedro Porro someone you're going to want to play most weeks? I would say probably not. But if he can keep up those attacking stats, which we saw last year, then he could do just as well as like a Chilwell. Not quite a Trent, but you're getting up to those kind of levels in terms of attacking threats. So for five minutes, he could be a really decent option. I don't look, I don't ever really look at drafts and say I hate them. I certainly don't hate this one, but give Salah a lot of thought. Are you going to be willing to captain him in game week two? So I wanted to quickly talk about this draft because I think this is roughly where the template is going for anyone that doesn't own Trent and Salah. It also came out pretty well on the My Team Tool on Fantasy Football Hub. So it comes out of a team rating of 94%. And again, if you want to get your team rating for free for your current draft, just click that link at the top of the description. It's completely free to do. So we've got a 3-4-3. 
Anana in goal. They're playing Ben Chilwell in game week one against Liverpool, which we've already spoken about. Alongside him, you guessed it, Gabriel and Estrepinian. The midfield is Saka, Martinelli, Rashford and Fernandes. And then up front, you've got Haaland. And then you've got Nkunku and Nicholas Jackson. So that is a little bit different. And then the bench is as cheap as you can possibly get. You've got Ariola, £4 million goalkeeper. Anderson, 4.5 million midfielder. And then two four million defenders, Bayer and Kabori. Now I'm going to start with the bench. Do I think that's a huge issue? Not necessarily, outside of everything I've already talked about with Anderson. And I think this year we are kind of blessed with four million defenders. We've always had them in the past, but not as many as this season. And I just question whether or not it's worth the extra 0.5 to the 4.5 million defenders when you're mostly going to have them benched anyway. If you go up to the 5 and 5.5, and like Poro, Chilwell, Luke Shaw, etc., then there is a good bit of value there. They can be used in rotation. They do help you out if someone gets injured because you could just play them instead uh, rather than being forced into an injury. But if you're just going to spend an extra 0.5, or even a million if you want to upgrade both of them to 4.5 million defenders. Is it worth it if they're mostly going to sit on your bench? I guess possibly not. So I don't really mind that whatsoever. And I think this draft has got a little bit of money in the bank as well. Up front, would I go for Jackson and Nkunku? I always like thinking about players in isolation. So if you think Nkunku is the best 7.5 million forward, which I personally do, I think he's better than the Liverpool boys just because of minutes, then obviously you pick him. And then if you've got 7 million to spend on another forward, then it has to be Jackson, right? Because the other one's Lukaku and he's not going to be at Chelsea. But again, all that thing, all those things I already said about minutes are definitely a factor. Of course, you could just go to a 3-5-2 instead, like Mbomo, Eze, Matoma, Diaby, 0.5 million less, arguably a little bit better than Jackson potentially. So you could go to the 3-5-2. But ultimately, this is where the template is going if you don't have Trent and Salah. And it is very hard to argue that it is a bad team. I've spoken about Rashford and Fernandes already. I don't think the team goals thing is a massive factor. The only reason you wouldn't go for either of those is if you think Hoyland's going to nick a lot of Rashford's goals. And hopefully, from a Man United fan point of view, there will be more goals that go around. And overall, we will score more. I don't think it's going to massively affect Rashford because his minutes are so good. And the only reason not to go for Bruno Fernandes is if you think he's going to play deep. And we haven't really seen that in preseason so far. Like Mason Mount is going to get forward at times. But Fernandez is always going to be that attacking midfielder. And he is an elite creator. I think his expected assist last year were like 0.49. That is extremely good. It's only really De Bruyne that gets kind of near that or even above that. Not many other players in the league do. And obviously assists aren't worth as much as goals. But the guy's also got penalties and he's got great minutes. And one thing that I've not mentioned so far in videos, which has obviously come out uh, on Twitter and in the media, is there are new rules this year, similar to the World Cup, where they're going to add the time on. And we could see games go to like 100 minutes. And players like Fernandes will kind of be boosted by that because they never get, or very, very rarely get substituted. Now, for what it's worth, those changes to the added time, personally, I think they make almost no difference in terms of how we pick players. I haven't looked at those changes and thought, right, I've got to change that player in my draft, got to change that one. But it is a little bit of a boost. So for Fernandez, it would be great. So it's hard to say that there are they are bad options. And also, apart from De Bruyne and Salah, there's no midfielder more expensive than Rashford 
who's obviously Sun's 9 million as well. And outside of him, there's no one more expensive than Fernandez. So if you needed to move money around, loads of options. Whichever 6.5 becomes the best option, you can just go to them and you can put more money up front or in defence, wherever it might be. I've spoken a lot about Martinelli. I'm still questioning his minutes a little bit. I think he will mostly start for Arsenal, absolutely. But I think he'll be subbed off earlier than the other attackers. What I will say is, if Jesus does end up being injured for the start of the season and possibly in is sold, although I don't think that will happen, then it does mean Martinelli's minutes are better because the likes of Havertz and Trossard might be more likely to play up front. Whether or not it then makes him a great option, I don't know. But I know I'm in the minority with this. We saw the ownership levels at the start. Martinelli was nearly 30%. All throughout preseason, people are telling me I've got it wrong. I'm kind of questioning that myself as well. But for 8 million with the fixtures Arsenal got to open, it probably is just worth going for anyway. So really solid draft. Hard to argue against it. Like I said, for people that aren't going for Salah or Trent, your team is going to look something like this. Maybe not Nicholas Jackson, probably in the 3-5-2 instead with money to burn. And that is just how FPL is because the pricing is just too low. It's too easy to get good players. But that is the way the game is this year and last year and probably will be for the future. If you've enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Again, I wanted to say thanks to Sirtout, who runs the FPL Optimized podcast, for helping me uh, pull those numbers for all the data you saw at the start. Links in the description below to follow him. And make sure to check out Fantasy Football Hub. You can get your team rated for free. Link at the top of the description. And if you want to sign up for their membership packages, which I'd highly recommend you do, there is up to 50% off at the moment. And if you sign up, don't win your mini league you can get your money back terms and conditions apply all the links you need in the description below otherwise i'll catch you again soon sports social podcast network amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals from courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen management concepts optimizes your professional development online in person individually or groups it's training that's measurably better learn more at managementconcepts.com that's managementconcepts.com